0: Bob wire behind the seat and the answer i got well well papa said you know pick that roll up and i said well all right he said pick that roll up did he say put it behind my seat or put it in the bed but again do we not do the same things as christians do we not kind of get uh, you know blinded by by you know our culture and by the things that are happening in the world and, and we make excuses and and we, and we lack integrity so somebody goes well You know, why'd you do that? Well, so-and-so did that. Well, if they're going to do it, then I'm going to do it. So having that integrity also means that no matter what I am, no matter what I do, my wife can't be that same way. She can't use me as that excuse. So if I'm bad, she can't return bad for bad, right? Same way. I mean, no matter what she does that goes against what I think, That doesn't warrant my reaction to be the same. So the Word of God says we love. We live by example. Now, that don't mean that you can't correct. That don't mean that that, that, uh, you can't stand against. That just means that you're supposed to be this way. You can't return bad for bad. You can't uh, return bad actions with bad actions. Now, you can abstain from it. You can voice it but you can voice it in in the name of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is why we're doing this. That's the bar. But again, so that's just how we get torn off in all the different directions. It says, In all things, showing yourself to be in a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech, that cannot be condemned, sound speech that can't be condemned, that one who is... uh, the opponent may be, uh, may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bond servants to be uh, obedient to their own masters, uh, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not, uh, not pilfering but showing off good, um, good uh, fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God and the Savior in all things. So again, that just goes a little bit deeper. and and many different directions on what that definition that we said. So again, it's it's another example of how the Bible was used to create everything. Our way of life, our language, uh, the meanings of the words that we have, uh, in every walk and every aspect of life. Now I know with the culture and and the times we live in today, uh, they're constantly ever-changing. I mean, so a woman's not a woman no more, and a man's not a man no more, unless they decide they want to be. But that's not God's word. Again, you know, as a society and a culture, we we've kind of muddied up everything. We put our version on it, and he we said, "Well, you know, we've got to change with the times." God's word has never changed. You know, I've argued and and uh, over the years and different things. Uh, you know, we used to go to a lot of uh, youth concerts. Well, I say a lot. We went to some um, back in the day. But the one thing I noticed in going was there wasn't a whole lot of God in it. Now, there was some music and there was some words in it. But, you know, do you find it ironic that you go to a Christian concert with a bunch of these young men and young ladies? But you go to a Christian concert and they're serving serving monster drinks and energy drinks and and they're sponsored by... A lot of these companies. So what does a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid need with monster drinks? And this ain't a bash on monster drinks, but, I mean, again, we're getting back to some common-sense approaches. So if you have integrity, you have to stand. Right? So I'll tell you, uh, just from my experience, of course, and, you know, my my background goes way beyond energy drinks. uh, Much Mine was energy stuff. But I'll tell you from that aspect, I didn't need the energy stuff to have energy. I chose the energy stuff because I liked it. So again, if you've got a 16, 17, 18-year-old boy that needs to drink energy drinks, then there's something wrong. I'm 51-year-old. If I got more energy than some 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and most of them I do, I prove it every day. I do. But if I've got more energy at 51, I mean, it's not like I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger standing up here. So it's not like I'm the epitome of great health and physique. There's issues. But again, when you're going to concerts and, and you're trying to uh, open your heart up and and, and and be closer to God, what i seen was, was mosh pits, at, at uh, Christian concerts. So you see a bunch of young folks and older. Don't get me wrong, older too. But you see a bunch of folks up there next to the altar, and then you start seeing people with busted lips, swollen lips. You know, kids coming home with uh, phone numbers wrote all over their bodies. It's and... <laughs> great fun. Great fun. But again, it's our integrity. So does our, lo- our lives look like we have integrity? Does our, does our Christian walk look like we have integrity? Or do we have some form of integrity that belongs to the world? I mean, you can think about it, so maybe it won't, but I've seen so many pictures from Rock the South. Man, them are, them are some great pictures. Great pictures. Man, i seen more skin at Rock the South than uh, a, lot of stuff, a lot of skin. A lot of skin, a lot of stuff going on. So I'm on, I seen a thing the other day on Woodstock 99. Um, Of course, you know, same guy that had Woodstock 69. So ultimately what ended up happening is he had Woodstock 99, got a bunch of millennials and Generation X's there, and they destroyed it. So again, it ended up being the promoter's fault because... It wasn't good enough. They didn't, they didn't overlook, uh, wasn't sure what the music they were playing, what, what all this stuff was, was promoting. But instead of us having integrity, we get together and we destroy. And I'm afraid that's probably what is going to end up with Rock the South. Um, you know, there's some good things that come out of it, and there's probably some good artists there. But anytime you combine 60,000 uh, young folk, and middle-aged folk that ain't growed up that are still young folk. And then older folk that ain't even to middle age yet. And you throw alcohol in there with you. And you got a bunch of 15, 16, 17-year-old kids out there drinking alcohol. I mean, and we wonder why bad things happen. Right? We wonder why we got girls walk around with stuff hanging out their shorts. And see, now it ain't even just the Girls. Yeah, I mean, is that crazy? I mean, back in the day, I never would have thought about walking around with stuff hanging out in my shorts. But now it's the guys, too. But, you know, again, if you're a Christian, do you have enough integrity? Is there enough God in you that somebody rocked the South, seen it? Why, why can we not gather together and enjoy the things that God's given us and not keep our integrity? I mean, God doesn't say we can't listen to country music. He doesn't say that we all have to sit up here and read out of hymnals and and sing hymnals and have a church choir and we we can't enjoy music other than than Christian music. But what he does say is, is we need to be different. We need to be separate. We are a new creature if we're saved. Ask yourself, are you a new creature? Are you still banging that wall in the old days and you just, put that new that new coat on when you come to church on Sunday or if you see your brother at the ball game and you talk at religious talk just so you can convince everybody that you're still there I mean the world sees it but again it goes back to what integrity do we really have do we get it from the world or do we get it from the Bible Pastor.
1: drop something? Okay. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good to see everybody this morning. Glad y'all are here. Glad, ha- happy to have the ones tuning in on Facebook. I know we got several that watch there. And, you know, don't forget we got the YouTube channel and then sermon.net. So there's several places you can catch and watch the sermon if you're not able to be here this morning. So we just welcome all in. Um, and so it was a good, good time this morning, good word, Pat, good word about integrity. So, I mean, we could, we, we already had praise and worship, right? This is the way modern church, we, we feel like church has to, we, uh, we have uh, praise, we have singing, we got to have singing first, don't we? This is our tradition that we do, got to have singing, and uh, then we had a time of preaching. So, I mean, we could we could pray right now. And if you're having a problem with integrity, we could we could pray about that, and you could too, and we could go home because that's how we feel like church has to go. So, you know, I pray every time we come in these doors that nobody hinders the move of the Holy Spirit, including myself. And and so it's not about me having to be up here and we're going to have to bring a sermon, going to have to do all this, and, you know, I'm going to preach. God's gave me some stuff today to preach. But, you know, if, if this is your tradition on how you have to have church well then show me in here where it says that we have to have church that way or show me in here where it says and it does say that you know they they went house to house and they met or you know and they done these things and it was all about God it was all about Jesus and not about this not about me right that's 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 who we make it about we forget that this Bible the Old Testament points to who Jesus, right? The coming of Jesus. The New Testament talks about Jesus and afterwards it still talks about Jesus. So it's all about Jesus. We look at it a lot of times, we make it about ourselves. But it's all about Jesus. And that's not my sermon this morning. That's not what I'm going to preach. I'm just glad everybody's here. And uh, smile on your face. Y'all Wake, Y'all awake this morning? Everybody good? Alright. I know Pat didn't put nobody to sleep. I don't think. See, I was sitting up front so I couldn't see anybody this morning. But... Um, but we want to uh, um, receive our offering right now. We can do that. Be obedient to God's Word and receive our tithes and offerings. Get some guys to help. Um, there's a few prayer requests this morning when we pray. Um, so Miss Jeannie Jacobs, her son Jamie, is having surgery in the morning, right? Back surgery again? Yes. So we want to remember Jamie. Jacobs, and remember him this morning. Then Miss Brenda, she's got a Miss Brenda Leathers has got a friend, Lynn Jarrett, that's going to have surgery, and she needs prayer. And then Miss Brenda asked for prayer for a place that's on her back that that they don't know what's going on with it. She's got a doctor's appointment next month, so we want to pray in agreement with her that this thing and whatever it is on her back is healed and gone and and taken care of, and and God God will get all the glory for that. And then. Miss Sharon Barbara's her sister's boyfriend um, is Billy's his name has got cancer and he just started his chemo treatment so remember that name Billy so we want to remember him this morning um, I think that's all the the prayer requests that I had but but we will pray and ask God's blessings on this tithes and offerings and on pray for these needs right now. So y'all join with me. Father, we come to you right now, and we thank you again for this time together, for the work that's already come forth, for the praise and worship that comes forth, that we can give back to you. We thank you for that. God, we just uh, bring these needs to you right now. We, we pray for Lynn Jarrett, God, that you're with her during this surgery time. God, that you just touch and move and be with the doctors and everybody in the operating room, that everything goes smoothly, and Father, she'll come out of this quickly and recover well, and we thank you for it. We pray for Brenda, God. Did we we pray specifically for this place on her back, God? that the, the whatever it is is gone, it, 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 the swelling or whatever is going on subsides, and it goes back to normal. The pain stops, Father. We speak your healing word over her right now in the name of Jesus. When she goes to the doctor next month, that they will know what it is, Father. And we, we just step out in faith and believe that it won't even be there next month when she goes to the doctor. And, Father, you receive all the glory and honor and praise for it. We ask you to be with this. the gentleman, Billy, God, got going through this chemo for this cancer. Father, we don't know his heart. We don't know whether he believes or trusts in you. But, Father, we pray for his healing. And, Father, he can see you working his life through this. And we thank you for it right now. We pray for, for Jamie Jacobs, God, that you touch him tomorrow as he goes in for this back surgery, God, that this will be the last one he has to have. And, and Father, that you just work with the doctors and nurses and everybody in there and, and just... God, that they look to you and trust in you. And we thank you for a speedy recovery and healing for Jamie right now in the name of Jesus. And we bring our tithes and offerings to you. And we just add that you bless and touch and receive it, Father, this morning. And we ask for this time of word that's coming, God, that you use me as a vessel to bring your word that you've given this week, Father, to the hearts and lives. And we all be ready to hear and receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. So, children can go to Children's Church this morning. Still, if, you know, we asked a few weeks ago and put it out there if there is somebody that wants to teach a four to six year old or five to seven, something like that age group, then that is available back there where we can split those up. I know Hallie last week, she had several and there was quite a few in there and we thank God for that. But she said, you know, the older ones, the younger ones getting understand what the older ones were doing and all this kind of stuff. So, if if pray about it, pray about it. You feel like you ain't got nothing to do and need to do something in church? Here's something to do. You gonna do it, Cole? All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> okay. Oh me, Cole he had him a touchdown and a uh, interception last night. Yeah. So good job, Cole. Yeah. Landon gun good. I saw he played defense all night out there knocking some heads. Logan was out there on offense. I kept wanting him throwing the ball, and he never did, did they? No, they will, though. They will. Just give it time. They will. Cody out there on the line trying to block. Everything going good, Cody? We're good. All right. All right. So it was a good time last night for their little scrimmage game over there and meet the Blue Devils. It was good. Um, turn with me to First John chapter 5 this morning. 1 John chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1. So, if you was here last week, what did we preach about last week? What did we talk about? Anybody remember? Love. There you go. So how many had a chance this week to practice loving as God loves? I did. How many passed that test every time it came up? I'm not going to raise my hand. Because I did not. I'll be honest. I did not every time that that something come up, you know, ask God to help me be like Him and respond like Him through the situation. I didn't do it. But, God, there wasn't no condemnation there. Afterwards, you know, if I said something or or done something that, that wasn't in line, you know, there was that conviction of the Holy Spirit. So I knew what it was. It wasn't condemnation from the devil. It was that conviction saying, hey, you need to you need to ask forgiveness for that. you need to get better, and so I'd ask forgiveness, God forgive me, and we could go on, and when it come up again, I had a choice to make. Am I going to do what I did before, or am I going to go on and, and, and love like God's told me how to love and shown us how to love so So we've all got a choice to make every day every time we come up in a situation we can we can do it our way or do it God's way, but we all know that our way don't work doesn't it doesn't work. So, so just because you didn't pass that test every time it comes up, that's what grace is for, right? That's what forgiveness is for. That's what the love of God is for, is so He can say, hey, it's all right. Next time, do better. Do better. So we all got to do better. So in, in chapter 5, John starts off pretty much with the same way chapter 4 ended. He's talking about love, faith. Overcoming, and we've talked about overcoming the past couple of weeks, um, about how you know greater is He that's in us and He that's in the world, right? So we know who's in us is Jesus. And He's already overcome the world, and He gave us the power to overcome that also and overcome Satan. But I want to read out of the Amplified Version this morning. Y'all can follow along these first few verses, and it'll be up on the screen in the, in the Amplified Version. It says, everyone, everyone. So that includes you. Right, child of God, you're everyone. Everyone who believes. So that believes takes faith. It takes faith to believe something, right? So there's our faith. We're talking faith. Believes, adheres to, trusts and relies on the fact that Jesus is the Christ. Not that it's Jesus Christ. Jesus was his, who he was on Earth. That was his name. Just like I marked Christ was his deity. That's who he. That's who he was in heaven. That's who he is. He's a Messiah. He's a chosen one. He's the one that came to, to, to take all the sin away. And so, so Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is a born-again child of God. So that's how we know we're born again child of God. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We, we proclaim that in our life, and our talk every day. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him His offspring. So by this, we come to know, recognize, and understand that we love the children of God. By what? By this. So, and it goes on to say, when we love God and obey His commands. So it's, it's good to love God. But part of that loving God goes into obeying Him. As Pat talked this morning about His commandments and the integrity that's through those commandments and in them. So when we love God, we're going to want to obey His commandments. We're going to want to go not do the things that He talks about. We want to... Kids. Teenagers, when you love God, you're going to want to honor your father and your mother because that is commandment of God. It should not be a struggle for you to love your mom and dad who's raising you. If it is, then you need to check yourself because it's you and not them most of the time. Now, I know there's cases where parents are not good parents and that they need to fix yourself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all the time. But for the ones that I know in here, if you have problems with your parents, then it's probably you. I'm just saying, so but we love God and we want to keep His commandments, because we love Him and His orders, his charges when we keep His ordinance and are mindful of His people and His teaching. So it says, for true love of God is this: true love of God. We talked about love last week, and you know we're going to talk about more love this week, and I was I almost because I wanted to, okay? I skip. I was going to skip over this first part. We've been talked about that. We've talked about love so much, and how we're supposed to be and children of God. And we've talked about it. And this is tenth, tenth time we're preaching on the book of First John. Is you know I wanted to get over to the end of this or toward the middle of it in chapter five. It's just Mark wanted to because you know this this would preach right here. This you know where it says that in verse fourteen. Now this is confidence that we that. We have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I wanted to preach that. But God, God stopped me this week and said, You can't skip over this. You can't skip over more about love because everybody has problems loving others the way God told us to love others. And, we're, and, and in turn, if we're not loving others the way God told us to love others, then we're not loving Him the way that He wants us to love Him. We're not loving Him the way He loves us. And we read last week that He doesn't love us because we love Him. He loved us first, right? So that should make us even more want to love Him and want to keep His commandments and want to stay in right standing with God and walk and, and talk and live the life that He told us to live and get out of our own will and our own way. It should make us want to do that because of Him loving us first. So, let's see. let's Where are we at? So, for the love of God is this that we do his commands, do, love his commandments, keep his commandments, keep his ordinance, and are mindful of, of his precepts and teaching. And and these orders are if he is not a and these orders or the King James says these commandments, his commandments are not burdensome. This says they're not irksome. They're not they're not hard to do. And you think you know, and we've talked about it before. Several months ago we talked about the commandments of God and and we went through that. And we're all good with no killing, no stealing, no... No, all this, you know, the, the big ones. We're good with those. And the and one I think we fail at a lot as, as Christians, children of God, is the one that says, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. No other gods. And, and that, that, that people put that toward TV, vehicles, but it could be a person... Right? It could be boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. And the big one we deal with a lot as parents these days is children. Because they're here. Right? And we, we want to protect them. And then if we don't watch it, grandchildren can get even higher. And I can't reach higher than that because I reached the ceiling a while ago. The grandchildren can get way up there above the children. To where that's all we see and that's all we focus on and it's our God. And so it can be, it can feel burdensome because then with, I don't have time to to do this this morning, I don't have time to read this morning. I got to do this. I got with children. I got grandkids. I got all this other stuff I got to do, but spend time with God. And so no other guys before him, but his his his, his commandments are not burdensome. They're not irksome. They're not hard to do. What did Jesus say the greatest commandments was? What did he say? Y'all, everybody should know it. For you should, do I, do I have that one up there? Go, Matthew 22, verse 37. I can't remember if I put it in there or not. Show that real quick. We'll come back to this one in a minute. So everybody should know this, what Jesus said. Sums up all of it. If you should love what? The Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Everything about us, we should love God. And in turn, we're loving Him, we're loving His commandments, we're keeping His commandments, we're loving others the way God loves us and the way He loves others, and we're showing that every day. No matter the situation, no matter the strife, no matter the problem, we're the same all day long, every day, showing love as God wants us to. He said, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. So all the Ten Commandments hang on these two right here. If we do this, we're not going to worry about the others because we're not going to be doing them. Because we're going to have the love of God in our hearts shining through us as He's commanded us to. So let's go back and read these last couple of verses. So we're on love, believing in God, loving, you know, faith, love, and now we're overcoming again, right? Because we have faith, because we love, we can overcome this world. It says, and these orders are not of his or irksome. They're not burdensome, oppressive, or grievous. It says, for whatever is born of God. And in another translation, it says, for whoever is born of God. So everybody in here is a whoever or a whatever. You were something born of God, right? Everyone that is born of God is, what does that say? Victorious. Victorious over the world. We all know, talked about it. A lot. We're going to talk about it some more because we all need to be reminded that the ruler of this world is who? Satan. Right? He's Satan. So, that could say, for whatever is born of God is victorious over Satan. We don't want to say Satan a lot of times. I don't know if I should speak his name. Well, it's not like... Y'all remember Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. And so when they stood in front of a mirror and said, Beetlejuice, 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 what happened? Beetlejuice appeared. And it was a funny movie, but if we know it, it ain't true. It ain't no Bloody Mary thing. You remember that when you was a kid. You whatever in front of a mirror in the dark and say Bloody Mary. No. He's, Satan is here and present. He didn't stop at that door right there. Everybody in here, including myself, has had times this morning where you could get off What's going on in here, and get in your own mind, and who's doing that to you, yourself? Well, some because you allow it. But Satan's main goal is for nobody in here to pay attention this morning. Nobody in here grasps the gravity of what's being said from the Word of God this morning because we look at it as another book, as just another time, and and it's, it's like well, it's like when Pat asked this morning, he preached, he talked about it last week, what the meaning of integrity was. I didn't even remember. Not that I didn't hear it. It's just retaining information. We retain the information that we want to retain. And and then we produce that back out of us what we want to produce. So just because we're here, Satan didn't stop at the door. So Satan's not stopping trying to distract you from what the Word of God is telling us to do. And he didn't stop you from thinking in your mind, well, I can't be this because I can't get over this problem. I can't overcome this in my life, so I'm not good enough to be in the presence of God. I'm not good enough to raise my hands in praise and worship because I had this go on last night in my head, or I did this last night, or I did this this morning, or said this this morning. So we don't feel like we're good enough to get into the presence of God and worship Him as we're supposed to. Why? Because we don't think that we're victorious over Satan in our life, in every area, when we are. Because the word of God says that we are. Jesus says that we are. We're born of God. We're children of God. We walk around and people can't see the love of God shine through us. I heard it was Pastor Joey Coots up in Eva. I was listening to this sermon. He was preaching on faith. And he brought out a statistic, and I don't remember the numbers. But how many people are depressed nowadays, especially in the church? Depressed, and we're on all kind of medication because we're depressed, and people—it's—it's it's, it's real, but it's—it's it's an oppression of Satan is what it is. It's a demonic spirit that people get on their life, and they won't shake out and won't get off, and they live in that, and they take medicine for it, and they do all this other stuff besides rise up in the name of Jesus and rebuke that out of their life. The same with anxiety and all this other stuff that goes on. It's just demonic oppression of Satan in people's lives that we won't recognize and all that you know we, we won't do anything about besides pop some more pills and and if that's what it takes right now for you to have faith to get over that in your life then then take it but don't stay there and so if we have the love of God in our life we're going to smile We're going to show people that we're children of God and not walk around like we're just mad at the world and everything around us because of something that happened to us 30 years ago that nobody else had anything to do with, but we're going to show everybody else that we're mad at them. So that's that's not what it's talking about. We're not going to show others that we're the children of God and love of God and not be victorious in this world. So whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this victory that conquers the world, even our faith, so faith in God. Faith in Him and what He said He's going to do for us. Who is it that is victorious that conquers the world? Who is it? That's me. It says, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on this fact, that's who is victorious in this world. So keep His commandments because we love Him. Because we want to do, because we want To have God show up in our lives. So I was reading a commentary on this passage this week. And I like how this person brought this out. These five verses, he summed them up in about three sentences. We cannot believe in Jesus Christ without loving the Father and His children. Come on. We can't. You say you do, but what did we read last week? Who says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar, right? He's a liar. So we can't truly believe in God and then not love His children. We cannot love the Father without obeying His commands and overcoming the world. We love God. We say that. Oh, I love God. I mean, people throw that out there just, you know, starting the speeches, I want to thank God and blah, blah, blah. When the next sentence they're cussing, they're doing all this other stuff. But they thank God. What God? if they're thanking the same God that that we serve and then doing all that other stuff, they're they're not really thanking Him. It's just nice to say. It's nice to say. His commands and overcoming the world. And we cannot overcome the world without believing in Jesus Christ. So you can't do any of this. You love God. Love each other. Love the Father by keeping His commandments. And we overcome all this stuff in our life because we believe in Jesus Christ. That's how we do it. That's how we do day in and day out. So it takes faith the love of God that we haven't seen, right? So that's everybody that's accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you had faith to do that. You've never seen God, you've never seen Jesus, you read about Him, you feel His presence in your life, and you say, I need to ask forgiveness of my sins and ask God into my life. And so we've done that, and we know God's real, but it takes faith to do that. It also takes faith to love each other as we're supposed to, to when that person comes up that we don't want to be around, we don't want to see them, we can't stand to look at their face. Nobody has anybody like that in their life or around them, right? And I'm not talking about spouses, all right? If that's it, y'all got plenty of other problems y'all need to work on to get the love back in your marriage as you need to. But it takes faith to say, God, I love them and I forgive them no matter what. We talk about this all the time. You, you're gonna if you're gonna forgive someone, you're gonna have to love them. If you're gonna love them, you're gonna have to forgive them, just as Jesus does us. Each and every time we sin and come back to Him. So, one thing that we do a lot of times because we're children, we're supposed to be children of God, so now everything should be good for us, right? We 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 kind of expect a lot of times to receive the blessings of God. And want that. We all want God to bless us, and we are. If, if we take for granted all this, because we, we live in a blessed nation, we live in a blessed uh, society right now, even though gas prices are a little high, people are still going everywhere they want to, right? This past summer, there wasn't a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday that loves wasn't lined out to the interstate all day long because people didn't care that gas was three and four dollars a gallon. They were still going everywhere. But So we, we take for granted all the small blessings of God in our life. We have a job. We, we're healthy. We have a family. You know, we got all this. we got vehicles. Most people have got multiple vehicles to drive. All this stuff we take for granted and we want more from God to bless us, don't we? Because we're greedy, we want more. And, and just like the song we play during the offering, if you listen to it, by Casting Crowns, it says we want our blessings in our pockets. And we do. We want our bank account to be high. We want people to see that we have money a lot of times. But that's not what all the blessings of God is. And, and we, we, but we correlate those two together. Physical things and the blessings of God. We're blessed this morning. You are blessed. If you're here this morning healthy, breathing, you are blessed to be alive this morning. You're blessed not to be in Russia or China or somewhere like that. You are blessed that God put you here in America this morning. You're blessed, but we take it for granted because we talk about all the bad things that's going on instead of focusing on God and His Word. So we want the blessings of God. We all want that, but we don't want the heartache. Because we don't understand what God's doing through those hard times in our life. Right? We we don't want to deal with problems. We don't want pain. We don't want suffering. We don't want conflict. We don't want anything to go wrong because it shouldn't. We're children of God. The Most High God. God sent His Son Jesus to this earth that dealt with pain, that dealt with problems, that dealt with conflict, that dealt with all this other stuff that we deal with. And He said in, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said, Tempted is all points, and we are, but without what? You remember? Without sin. Everything that we, we go through and we went through and we're going through, Jesus has been there. But Jesus overcame them, just as He's given us power to overcome them. So, we don't want the growing pains. How I many you know, children, when they're small, they'll wake up at night, and what do they have? Their legs hurt. We call them what? Growing pains. Have growing pains. You don't think in our spiritual life, in our, in our walk with God every day, we're not going to have growing pains? Satan's going to make sure that we have some pains in our life every day and our mind, and our spirit, and our bodies. He wants to make sure so we can, like I said before, get off and, and not concentrate on the Word of God. So just as we have growing pains in our physical life, we're going to have growing pains in our spiritual life. The thing we do different, kids don't quit growing, do they? They're going to grow and they're going to get over those pains. What we do in our spiritual life, we have some pains and we just stop. Because then it do not hurt anymore. Right? Am I talking to anybody this morning besides myself? Alright, just making sure. So growth in any area of our life, there will be pains, there will be soreness, there will be problems, there will be times that we're like, I shouldn't hurt like this. It shouldn't be this bad. Why do I have to continue to hurt in my, you know, emotionally and all this stuff? And you can't answer that. I can't answer that. The only thing where I can say is that if you turn to God... And look to Him and pray to Him through those things and, and about those things every time they come around, then you're going to feel them not hurt as bad. You're going to feel the pain of that kind of subside because you know that Jesus is in control and He sent the comforter of the Holy Spirit to comfort us in all things in our life. So so we get hung up on things we don't want to deal with, but we want God to bless us, but we don't want to let all these other stuff go. So you know, Jesus told us that we would not go through this life without problems, without trials, without circumstances. He said, but what? Fear not, for I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He's gave us the power to overcome the world. So what do we do is still so stay stuck in our problems? It's because we want to. Because it's easier to. It's easier to stay stuck in that than to deal with it. In Second Timothy chapter 3, I was reading a devotion last week and this came up. And I'm sure I've read it but it felt like the first time I'd ever read it before in my life. And I talked about it Wednesday night in our men's group and in our in our devotion we had in our men's group Wednesday night. But it just fit with this this morning. So I want to read it again in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, Paul had just got through talking to Timothy about all the stuff that's going to happen in this world. You know, lovers, people, lovers of their own selves and love will grow cold and all this kind of stuff. He just got through talking about that. But he said, you have carefully followed... a you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Conconium, and Lystra. It says, what persecutions I endured. You know, he's telling them, look, all this stuff. You want to read about what persecutions Paul endured? From one place you can find it in Second Corinthians chapter 11 and 12. And we're going to read some in 12 and what Paul talked about everything he went through. And then we're going to talk about that thorn in the flesh in chapter 12. But go read that this week and and compare what he went through to what you're going through and see how bad it is in your life. So he says, and out of all of them, what did he say? The Lord delivered me out of all of them. There's no one that can sit here today that has not prayed to God for a situation in your life that He's not delivered you out of. If that was a case, you wouldn't be here this morning. It wouldn't be breath in your lungs. God has delivered you out of everything that you've asked Him to deliver you out of. It may not be in the manner or the time that you think that you wanted to be delivered out of it, but He delivered you out of it. So He said, "Yes, and all who desire to live a godly to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution." Everybody. So we know. I'm just guessing. Everybody in here is a child of God. Desiring to live a godly life. You will suffer persecution and problems and trials and circumstances in this world because we talked about it. We live in a fallen creation. We live in all these things that, that could go wrong in our life and bad things happen to good people and, and good families all the time because Satan is the ruler of this world. But we believe in Him and trust in Him we'll overcome it. And I preached this this morning and we could go out and something bad happened to one of us after this. I don't know. And I'm not saying that it will. But then we go back and say, well, I thought that I'm a child of God and He loves me. You know, and I'm striving to do this. You know, how's, How how is this anything of the love of God? Because through that, through those bad times, through those things, we can look to Him. We have something else to lean on and trust in. And that's Jesus Christ, right? So... And Paul, we all know what he went through, but I want to read just a few verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 starting verse 7. He said, "And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, was given to him. So it was deliberately given to him that he should be messed with about this, okay?" Concerning, He said, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. Whatever it is that's your thorn this morning, God's grace is sufficient for you. If you pray about it, and you pray about it, and you pray about it, and it don't seem like it's getting any better, all I can say is God's grace is sufficient for you. He says, for my strength, Mm. my strength is made perfect in weakness. He says, therefore, most gladly, gladly, I would rather boast in these infirmities, and these things, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That should be our prayer. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, that the power of Christ rests on you. Because when people see you overcoming whatever it is in your life, then they'll know, hey, that person's different. The power of God's on him because, look, all this bad stuff happening and they're walking right through it. And sure, you might be dying on the inside, but you know on the outside you're showing how I believe in God. I trust in Him fully. I boast in Him, not in myself. It's His power and His glory working through me, not of my own. And then he goes on to say that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore... I take pleasure in infirmities, pleasures. Nobody takes pleasure in pain. Paul's crazy enough, and 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 crazy enough about God and crazy enough about the love of Christ, is showing forth in his life and doing what God's called him to do. He said, "Hey, no matter what it is, bring it on, devil. Come on, bring on some more. I'll take it. I'll take it because I know that my faith don't lie in this world, in this world system. It rely, it lies in God." And what he's promised us says, I take pleasure in infirmity, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. There's not many of us in here that can say we've experienced much of this going on in our life, especially to this extent. We've had some bad things happen, but we haven't experienced to this point. He says, for when I am weak, I am weak, this flesh. Mark Carroll, what, what his will done is weak, then God is strong, Right? He's strong in my life when I am weak. Most of us modern day Christians, churchgoers need just a little dose of what Paul had in his life. A little dose of it. And we could set this area on fire in our life and our workplace starting at our home and our own lives if we had just an inkling of this just Desire that Paul had in his life to see God's word and will fulfilled in not only his life but everybody around him. He knew that he could, he trusted a God that could take care of him through all the pain, all the misery, and everything that Satan could bring along. He knew he could trust in the God and the God was going to take care of him. He served because why? He serves the same God that we do. Right? God, we, Pat read it this morning God hadn't changed. Not from the beginning of time. So Paul knew that he served the God that created all of this universe. All of this stuff, he served him. The same God that provided what the ram for Abraham when he was going to sacrifice what God had promised him. God promised him that son, waited a hundred years for it. He said, no, I want you to go take him and sacrifice him. But he provided the ram in the bush. Why? Because Abraham was obedient under the point of killing his own son, to, because God told him to. They don't promise, but God said, No, I told you I'd make you the father of many nations, so here's a ram. Sacrifice that thing to me. The same God that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them out time and time again, every time they wandered around, He brought them back, right? Every time He sinned, every time they, they went away from God, they, you know, they spent a time in, in despair and misery, but yet He brought them back out. He parted the Red Sea for them. The same God that protected David from the lion and the bear and gave him the strength to defeat Goliath, that giant in his life. That giant standing in front of him. The same God that's delivering you from whatever giants in your life today, from whatever thing staring at you and you're looking up at it and saying, I don't know how I'm going to defeat that or get over it, but I know that my God take care of me because He's the same God that He was then as He is now. The same God that, shut, that brought Daniel out of the lion's den, right? The same one we've read about Not a history story. All this does point toward Jesus and His coming and what He's done for us. The same God that took care and protected all of these that we've read about in the Bible. All of them. The same God that sent Jesus to be born of a virgin, live a sinless life, die on the cross and rose again on the third day and is now sitting at the right hand of God. Because He prophesied about Him and said "This this is the appropriation for all man's sins. This is the ultimate sacrifice. He said the same God. So He's the same God then as He is now. So He's the same God that brought you out of yesterday, the day before yesterday. He's the same God that's brought you through today so far. And He's the same God that's going to bring you through tomorrow, and the next day, and the next week, and throughout this year. He's the same God. So why, if if Paul could trust in this God and our God, The way He did. And not doubting. What's keeping us from doubting Him? We read in Hebrews that all of these others didn't have, they they trusted in God and believed in God, but in the Old Testament didn't have the promise. But He gave us the promise and that's Jesus Christ. He's given us that. So why do we keep doubting what God said He's going to do? Why do we do that? Because in this world that we live in, that's how our minds wired. Because we put more faith in people a lot of times than we do God. We put more faith and trust in somebody else, and when they break our heart or say something or do something, then we correlate that a lot of times with how God does and God doesn't. God doesn't lie. He, God has never lied and, and never gave up, and He's not giving up on us now. So God delivered Paul then. He'll deliver us now. And one thing we have to look at, what did Paul do while he was going through all these things? He praised God, didn't he? He continually thanked God and said, I know where where my hope lies, where my Redeemer is. I know all these things. And praised Him. We can go back to to Paul and Silas in the prison, right? They were bound. They were chained. But they praised Him at midnight. And the walls fell. You praise God through things. While you're going through things, that's one we lack in in our modern Christian life. While we're going through problems and trials, do we give praises to God and thank Him through that whole time? Or do we wait until it's over with and, we, and come out kind of like we thought it would and, you know, oh God, thank you for working in that in my life. I appreciate it now. And God's saying, hey, I work with you now. Where was you at when you was going through the storm? Why was you not calling on me then? I'm guilty of it. I think, I think most of us are. Because it's easy not to look to Him while we're going through things. So Paul praised Him during the storm. Paul continued to praise Him no matter what. So can we say that in our own life, in our own problems, in our own trials? Can we say that we continually look to God no matter what's going on? We sung this morning. What was that song we sung? Yes, I will. Right? Yes, I will. If you were singing that song, you were singing praises to God. You were saying what you needed to do in your life. Yes, I will lift you high in my lowest valley. Yes, I will praise your name. It's not just words on a screen. These should be more than that. These should be coming from our heart. Because there's songs about deliverance. and songs about things that we can, we can pray and do. And so God, we all know God is no respecter of persons. So if you've done that for Paul then, and all these others we read about, then there's nothing stopping him but us from doing it for us. So, so don't, don't let the things of this world overcome you to where you can't see God through every point and every aspect of whatever's going on in your life. We love God. We love each other. We have faith in God. We believe in God. Trust and hope in Him that whatever's going on in our life, like He said, we're born of God, so we're overcomers. We're overcomers. You can overcome this life each and every day. You take it one day at a time. Sometimes you got to take it one hour at a time. Because the attacks keep coming. Keep coming. So put our trust in God. Don't waver back down no matter what it is. Because it's His promise to us that He's going to take care of us. And that we, oh, we will overcome when we look to Him. Amen. Amen. So y'all stand this morning. you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, then these blessings that God wants to have in your life and wants to do and these things he wants to do, there's a wall there, there's a void there because he's not, he's not God of your life. He's not, not been, you've not asked him to come in and forgive you of all your sins. But I say it every week. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a time that we come and we know that God can be Lord of our life, and we can put our whole faith and whole trust in Him. So, as music plays this morning, if you're if that's you, and you need you need to pray, then we'll pray with you. The altar is open. Pray at your seat. How, you know. The time that we look to God. And trust and believe in Him. If you're here and you've grown cold to what God has for you in your life and you've walked away, then today is the day where you can come back and renew that right relationship and right standing in Him. There's nothing holding us back. It's like his songs. He knew we couldn't do anything without Him. So, So don't let the worries in your life, the different things keep you from receiving from God this morning. If you need prayer for any other area in your life, healing, anything, we'll come and we'll pray and and, and just uh, ask God to move and, and touch your life this morning.